Happy Memorial Day weekend. That didn't go over so good. Happy Memorial Day weekend. The gateway to summer. It is. It has begun. Vacations have begun with great festivities and joy. The heat has hit Montgomery in record wave fashion. We might even have a treat or two this summer for you, maybe on a Sunday morning, maybe, maybe not. Just we'll see if you're good. And we hope that you have an awesome summer. Kicking off a new series next weekend, Love Is. Hope you'll invite somebody with you. Hopefully crowds will be back because uh, vacation has begun. People will be all over the map. Today, I thought I'd talk about America, but American Idols. I don't know if you ever watched that show. I remember Carrie Underwood, how she kind of made it famous. Uh, I think she did okay from that show. What do you think? Uh, I've become a recent fan in recent years of The Voice. There's so many different shows out there with all this talent. But American Idols, it's kind of ironic when you go American Idols, and yet you look at Exodus chapter 20. You know what's found in Exodus chapter 20? See how well you know your Bible. What's in Exodus chapter 20? Uh, there's 10 of them. 10 commandments. Yeah. Okay, this is getting a little scary. All right, I'm going to pull my table down there and sit right in the middle of you. Okay, the 10 commandments. And so God even begins to address. Matter of fact, let's just look there real quick before we even really get into the text here. Exodus 20. Look what he says in verse 3. You must not have any other God but me. Verse 4, you must not make for yourself an idol or of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. So God maps it out for us early on that he is an all-powerful, all-above God and that he doesn't share his glory and we should not make false gods. So we're going to talk about idols a little bit we did this this past year we did a little idol study it's a bit different angle but it's still some of the same content as we talk about idols you know you're saying well pastor i, I don't struggle with idols i don't have a, a buddha in my house i don't bow to it i don't have a little statute okay well, and we probably and we read and we can do history study of the old testament and even the new testament what paul comes to address and he goes but i can talk to you i can proclaim this unknown god and tell you who he is he is jesus but we can look at the history, we can re, write, uh, read the historians, and we can read our Bibles, and we can see all this worship for thousands of years for little G, little gods. And yet, I would say in 2019, there's still little gods around, there's little idols that we make. And today, this is going to step on my feet, it's going to step on your feet. But I hope it makes us go back to that passage in Exodus, and we think about that God has no other gods before him. That's the way he set it up. Uh, if you look at the word idol or idolatry, write it down if you want to. It's listed 220 times in Scripture. It's a pre um, prevailing, it's prevalent, it's an all-consuming kind of sin. It's pervasive. I, I wrote some remarks there. It's the great sin. It gives our trust and our devotions to this world, to other things other than Jehovah, other than the Lord God, other than the Lord Jesus Christ. So you're saying, okay, well, maybe I do have an idol. We'll maybe even look at some. And in 1 John, we'll look at this passage over and over. He just says this, keep yourself from idols. Don't go near them. Do not embrace them. Do not intertwine with them. They will ruin you. So, so let's maybe look at some. There's nothing wrong with recreation. How many of you like recreation? You say, no, I like to watch it. Okay, you like to watch sports. And you like to participate in sports. 
And we enjoy that. And, and there's nothing wrong with entertainment and recreation. And it's not sinful in its own and sports and entertainment and all those kind of things. And yet it tends to raise itself up in our culture. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we could bow to it. We could give allegiance to a little God named sports. We, we're going to look at different parts of the country. I'll talk about it a little bit later. And I'll talk about, I think this is probably the little God in Alabama. And some of you went, oh, I'm so glad he talked about the University of Alabama. I did not. It it, it is a little God for people, but just the same that this little college, little college, this huge college right down the road east here, 85, Auburn University. You got to go go over here down 231. I could go to Troy. We could go over to State. We could go to a number of schools. We do tend to worship sports, do we not? Don't go amen. But it's very uh, drawing into us. It entices us. This idolatry here. You could say, well, pastor, that's not mine. My idol is the Bass Pro Shop. I'm, don't raise your hand if you like the Bass Pro Shop. You like to go up there and get lures and like to get stuff and like to buy equipment. Or you're saying it's hunting. Or you're saying, no, man, pastor, my idol is the steakhouse, the local steakhouse. I just want to go eat, man. That's it. Or it's to go to the movie theater. Or it's to, you know, it's just entertainment, entertainment, consume. I've got a good pastor friend here in the city. I said, man, what do you like to do? What, what's your favorite thing to do? And this is what he told me. And this is a godly man in Christ Jesus. He said, man, my thing is, I said, and I, I leaned in. I said, what is your thing? He goes, going to the movie. I go to the movie all the time. I said, you do? He goes, he said, oh, yeah, many times during the week, I, I just slip over. I'll, I'll take a little break, and I'll go over to the movies. And, and that's just kind of my thing. I said, oh, okay, so that's your deal, huh? But we don't always see the little things that we do as idols. We don't equate that with spirituality, but I think Jesus might. Um, let's just look at some. Image idolatry. That's a big one. Uh, if you ever watch TV and the, you get your info commercials on and they're talking about have this body, have these abs, do this and this and this, it's over and over, it's consumed, it's about our image, it's about our body, and, and, and if we're not careful, we could worship that. It could become, the only thing about uh, that being a God, it's a crummy God. Because our bodies do what? They wear out. They decay. This, uh, this guy we heard years ago, down and I did about 30 years ago, he talked about we have an earth suit, and our earth suit is ever-changing. Ever How many of you think your earth suit is changing? Yeah. And are you happy how it's changing? Mm, turn to the person next to you and tell you how happy you are. No, no don't, don't do that. But it, it just changes. You know, from the time you're young to the time you're older, it just takes on. Th- so beauty, Americans spend a, a fortune on that and all the things. So it could definitely become an idol in our society and so we don't maybe bow before uh, the statue of aphrodite or whatever but we can go maybe here's one and they go you're, you're going no pastor that is not a that is not a god work idolatry you're saying work i hate it and somebody else would go no i love it i'm consumed by it and if we're not careful because the word of god speaks clearly that we are to work and to be productive with our hands and the church said i mean that's a good thing but if we get it out of balance, if we tend to put it before God, it can be a bad thing. If we go, well, my, my image, my personality, my persona is wrapped into my work. Well, then maybe it could be out of balance. Uh, religious idolatry, adhering to religious morals of code, of being a very deeply devout person. And you're saying, well, that sounds like it could be spiritual, and it could be good, but if we're, if we're not careful, we don't really worship the one true God, and we're just trying to do it just to be moral. But here's one. This will just tick everybody off in the room. Can I just go ahead and put it out there so everybody can get mad at me right now? Family idolatry. 
I am all in a family. I, I, I love family. I, create, you know, I got to be a part of birthing a church 23 years ago. We're called a faith family. I love this faith family. I love my family. I love my extended family. But let's just be careful. If we're, if we're not careful, if we're not right in touch with God, because I hear it sometimes, we can put our family before the Lord. And God's like, I want you to bring them up in the admonition of Christ. I want you to point them to Christ. But families, if we're not careful, you know, it could be. Uh, and, and, and that one seems a little insidious. Here's one. Uh, materialism or things of this world. Uh, you, you, like the, the newest phone. You, you ever notice how they, man, they know what they're doing. When the newest phone comes out and people stand in line all night, they order them, they get crazy. And, you know, it's, it's that phone you wanted, you know. It's that, it's that iPhone 10, uh, uh, you know, or, you know, or, and you're saying, well, I don't, I don't even like Mac. I know. Don't, don't, don't send me emails. I know. Some of you hate Mac. Oh, that's okay. I'll, I'll pray for you. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm not smart enough to use one of the Androids or one of the other models. But the thing is, if we're not careful, just things of this world, you know, we, we could begin to worship or begin to just give lots of honor to that. But, you know, but, but a lot of times what these are, these are surface idols. Let, let me give you an illustration. I read this from Matt Chandler, and I love this. I think this will set it up. Uh, in, in, in this part of the country, uh, a lot of us uh, enjoy, embrace, entertain, put up with yard work. Raise your hands if you put up with yard work, if you kinda, you're out there this season. Now, raise them high. Because the rest of you need to go, go, need to go home and do something that's happening. Like, man, like, if, if, if nobody raised their hand, like, I don't think your yard looks like or, or, or there's this thing, it, it, it looks like grass, and it'll turn green, and you can cut it, and, and it can kind of blend in, and then about two days later, three days later, it comes back, and it's gnarly looking. It's called crabgrass. Anybody ever dealt with crabgrass? Yeah, and, and, and it just, you know, it's unstoppable, it's dark, it's wicked, it's just, a, you get your lawnmower out, you get your weed eater out, you, you think you've gotten rid of it, and it's back. It's just over and over. Because some of us, I, I've never gotten this, but I do have like a manicure, I, I like the church to be manicured, I like for my yard to be manicured. I've got a next door neighbor, Don, I tell you, his, his is, it's, it's, it's perfect, Okay. And we have a friend in the church here. His is perfect, too. But, and so I, they're probably going to get the, the yard stick, yard of the month. You, you, don't raise your hand if you've ever gotten that, because I will covet that. No, not really. But, I mean, and some of you are like, I don't even care about that. Like, I don't even cut the grass, man. Like, you know, I let my neighbor cut it. Like, when it gets so high, I've learned if you don't cut your grass and you wait long enough, they'll come over and cut it for you. I, I know one time Don and I moved, and in our old neighborhood, we were in this house, and, uh, and, and my na- old neighbors called me, wanting to know if I could come over and cut the grass because I'd kept a really nice yard when I lived there, and then somebody else was there, and they weren't cutting the grass, and they wanted to know if I could come cut it. And I'm like, well, you, 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 I'd rather not, <laughs> you know. And then they said, but there's a snake in the yard, and so it's time to cut the grass, okay? So, you know, we're looking at this crabgrass thing. It, 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 it's a stem. It, it, it goes deep, and, and it rises up. So we have these surface idols, and then if we'll explore them down deep, they go a little. Here, here's one, comfort idolatry. We're just so into comfort, so into pleasure, that we worship at that. I think we all want comfort. I think we all need comfort. I, I think the Lord created, how many of you believe the Lord created comfort for us, for us to enjoy? I think he did. But I think if we make that our primary thing, that we worship at that, at the exclusion of Christ, then we've got put an idol in our lives. Here's one, maybe you've never struggled with this, approval, idolatry. You want approval by mankind at anybody's expense? You can't stand to be rejected. You don't want to have a spine. You're just a coward. You don't want to stand up for yourself. You just want to be approved. And I don't think the Lord wants that. So we want to highlight that. So we, we can worship 
uh, we can worry too much about this and, and deprive the gateway of joy in our life. But here, here's what I'd say as I get into this. It's easy for me, and maybe for you, to exchange God, the true God, for cheap substitutes. For little gods that are crummy gods, they always fail. They, they never provide. They never give peace that Caitlin sang about. They never give direction and comfort. They, they can consume us. They can temporarily bring some temporary peace, but it just doesn't last. It's a counterfeit. There's a, some observations, and it's not in your notes. This is just kind of bonus material I want to give you real quick. Idols are everywhere, and the city was full of idols. If you write down Acts chapter 17, verse 16, and there you, you see in that area that the community, it had been enraged by these idols, and they were everywhere, and I thought, how have we really changed? We might not have these little man-made idols, at least not carved wood figures, metals, or whatever, but we have idols, and we, we raise them up just like the people of that day did. Robert Bila said, Americans feel no one has the right to tell them who God is. No one has the right to tell them what to believe. They have the right to shape their own spirituality, their own faith. They have a right to worship their own self-designed religion. Ugh, I don't want to follow him. Here's what else I know about idols. They're empty. They're worthless. The, the scripture would just teach, you can have idols, but they'll never satisfy. Only Christ will. I, I love the way God has made you and me that our hearts are created with a vacuum to be filled with himself. And only Christ can fill that void and bring meaning and purpose and joy and refreshment and direction and power and purpose and abundant life. And, and the Lord, for whatever reason, he allows you and me to fill our hearts, our lives with other imitations and other things. But when they get out of proper, improper, when they get into improper balance and he is not number one, they could become a little God. Somebody has already said, man, he, he's already nailed me. I already think maybe I'm struggling with a God. I don't know. And here's, here's what else I know about idols real quick. Idols are, are very expensive. They, they, they cost a lot of sacrifice. They will take your money. They will take your time. They will take your attention. They will take your, their, your energy. They will take the life out of you. They demand that you pay them honor. So this morning you might already say, man, I, I, I can already identify with this message. I mean, it's like, man, American Idols, and, 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 and he says it's good for us to enjoy. Absolutely it is. Man, I, I'm not going to be that guy that wants to think God doesn't want us to have fun. I think he does. I, how, do y'all believe God created fun? I do. I believe our God created joy. I love it when the Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. I think the Lord loves it when we laugh. Is there anything more precious than a little baby cackling at itself? I mean, just the other day, my wife, I walked by and she was just laughing, and our newest uh, uh, great-nephew, he was tickled over himself. He was just cackling that little baby's voice. There's nothing more precious than a little baby that has no clue what he's doing, but he or she is just having a good time. Is that not a good day? Is that not why some of y'all work in the nursery? You're saying, no, pastor, I work in there so I can clean their diapers. That's where I, the aroma, it makes, that is sick. Nobody goes to our nursery to change diapers. Nobody goes to our nursery so they can hold the fussiest baby. I mean, wouldn't it be great to go, oh no, here comes so-and-so. Their baby screams all the time. Can't wait till I get to serve next month. See ya. But if there's a little baby in there that just smiles and slobbers and grins and giggles at you, you're like, hey, you think you could sign me up for two times a month? 
You want to be in there. You know what I'm saying. It's just, it, so here, here's what I know from Acts 19.25. Write down Acts 19.25. God is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. I love that. Our God gives us everything that we need. Our heart, I've told you over and over, is the, is the set, is the affection, the center of our emotions and our affections. That's what our hearts are. And idolatry is about what our heart is devoted to. See, God wants my heart and yours to be devoted to Him, to Him alone, to be in allegiance like today i had josh i don't even know if y'all noticed that that was driving me nuts i'm donna and my girls will tell you I'm all, I'm all about america man june 14th is my favorite holiday it's flag day if you didn't know okay and uh and i love i love to fly the american flag i've got them all in my yard i've got them in pots i've got it in my mailbox i know you're like man are you sick no i just love america and the church said okay all right so so i had i had him bring the flag up here it's memorial day weekend i saw the video i got excited i saw that but you know what? As a kid, I still remember. I would stand at that with all my classmates, and I did what? Do they do that anymore? Some schools, not some schools, Christian schools. All I know is it's a discipline to me that I love this nation, and I pledge allegiance to it. But there's one so much higher. It's the cross. There's one so much higher. It's the God of the cross. And I pledge allegiance to the Lamb of glory. I pledge allegiance that, Lord, I want you to be. A definition of idolatry. It's given anything that is given anything. It's, here it is. Idolatry is given anything that is given anything that is not God. The trust and the devotion that belong to God alone. See, there it is. We used to sing a song here. I'm going to date myself. It's, it's, a lot of times as I'm preparing messages, old songs will come back to me that we used to sing. I went and listened to it this week. And, and now it's not near as great as I remembered it back in the day, but back in the day it was a great song. It was a Michael W. Smith song, and I just dated myself when I said Michael W. Smith. It was called Above All. Anybody remember when we used to sing Above All around here? A great anthem of worship. But the truth is still the same. Above all, above all kingdoms, above all creation, above everything is Jesus Christ. So, Lord, I don't want to be an idolater. It's a sin that will capture my heart and keep me and take me in a place you don't want me to go. One writer said this, The God of Boston is knowledge and education. They pride themselves in being erudite, intelligence, those kind of things. The God of D.C. is the God of power and influence. People go there to broker this influence, to broker this power. The God of New York City. Anybody want to take a stab at what it is? Money. You know, exchange, man, it's the God of money. L.A., you know what the, the God of L.A. is? <laughs> Did you say vanity? That was good. Physical beauty and fame. Think about it. It just is. Like I heard the other day, it says, man, you go to L.A., and the moms that do carpool there, they get all their makeup on and everything before they go pick up the kids. You come to Montgomery, Alabama, not so much. <laughs> they might have their house coat on. They might not. 
they might need to, I mean, I won't have you raise your hand. Did your kid ever forget something in, in maybe in that season you were at home, you weren't in the workforce, and you got to school, and you know you need to run in, and you looked down, and you went, oh, I don't think I'm going in this. And then you saw that mama come running in, and you went, oh, Jesus, help her now. I'm just telling the truth, you know that. But then I thought, that writer wrote about those, and I thought, oh, what is the God of Montgomery? What is the idolatry peace that we worship here this is participatory this is free give me some answers what do you think's the little g of montgomery since y'all didn't want to be prayed for y'all help me what's the little g of montgomery civil rights okay you stepping on toes now I, I, I think it is football. What do y'all think over here? What's the little God of Montgomery? Go ahead, quit comparing notes with your wife. Just tell me. Football, yeah. So you see, we can take, and, 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 and are any of these things bad? Are they all wicked within themselves? No. But we can make a good thing a little G God thing if we're not careful. I'm glad the Lord created things for us to enjoy. But he wanted us to embrace and enjoy him more than anything else in this world. So God, we want to worship you this Memorial Day weekend. It's maybe we have a little time off that we can reflect on the goodness of the Lord and what he's done for us. Uh, Lord, we want to believe you. We want to trust you. This, this whole body thing that I talked about, body image, you know, diets and more hours at the gym and more crunches and more whatever, or fame and prestige and career and hobbies and sports and hunting and fishing see i love to pick on golfers because i don't play golf you know and so I, I that's the easy one for me to pick on but i want to be fair so there's other things that i like like well then pick on that too you know you know what i'm saying uh it could be that man your little god is politics that's kind of a crummy god too if you think about it but l- l- let me pick on the one that i know something about matter of fact i know too much about it ministry you're saying but wait a minute that's religious activity aimed toward him correct but if we're not careful if your pastor is not careful i can make ministry a little god and somehow topple the real god donna i'll tell you i used to travel play softball i used to lift lots of weights i used to water ski snow ski racquetball i did all those things now I'm an avid walker. I walk, walk, walk. This year, I told myself I'm going to ski again because one of my goals was to water ski till I'm 75. So this year, I just want to go. After I've lost all this weight, I said, heck yeah, I'm going to ski and maybe not hurt all day because, see, in the past when I skied, I hurt for three weeks afterwards. And there's different muscles. You, but, but I'm thinking about things. But ministry, guys, it's, it's my passion. It's my hobby. It's my life good and bad and if i'm not careful i'm just being transparent and y'all are sitting on the front seat if i'm not, if I'm not careful i can make ministry a, a little god above him some of you are like man i thought if you said ministry you're like man that would be like the utopia answer well ministry to the lord is the best answer it is the right answer but if we're not careful some of you just think less of me now but i want to be real but it could be for you you're saying well man just i'm just going to worship up my family well that could be an idol too 
So be careful with that. I'm not saying don't honor your family, don't love them. I want you to nurture and celebrate and bless. That is honoring to the Lord. And the church said, but to the exclusion of the body of Jesus Christ, to the exclusion of the worship, the Lord God, we don't want family to be above him. Our hearts will deify whatever it is we put at the center of our lives. Write this truth down. Good things will always make best idols. Good things just make best idols. And you could say, man, you hadn't talked about mine, but I know what it is. The Holy Spirit's speaking to me right now. There's promptings in my heart. I know there's something that I've put before. Uh, you could read a great writer on this. His name's Timothy Keller, a great preacher, writer, contemporary gods, uh, counterfeit, go- counterfeit gods. Really insightful on this. It has a lot to say. But let me give you these quickly in the middle. Idolatry is taking good things and making them ultimate things. The human heart is an idol factory. It's kind of an interesting way. We think about factories that produce products. And if I'm, if I'm honest, I can go, man, my, my heart can produce something that is good and pleasing to the Lord. It also can produce something that's not healthy. So let's fill in these four observations quickly. Idolatry offends your one and only Savior. See, if I get that in proper perspective, I realize Jesus is to be over all. He is to be, um, in, uh, in the Greek, the word is kyrios. It means master. Jesus is to be master. He is to be Lord. He is to be sovereign over and in and through all things. So, Lord, we, we want to worship you. We want you to be our only Savior. We want to uh, say there's none besides you. Lord, it's from you that I draw my source and my strength and my direction and even my joy. Lord, you are the one that I need. But look at the second one. Idolatries make fools of all of us. Idolatry just makes a fool of us. It, you know, it doesn't, we don't think it seems to be so foolish, but then we begin to pursue that. And the others, have you ever noticed this? You see idols in other people rather easily. But when I look in the mirror of God's Word, as I told you the other day, or I look in the mirror physically, I don't know that I always see the idols in my life, but I can see the idols in your life. That's why I think the church is important in small groups and community. We've just come to the end of a semester. We'll start again in August. But as we take a summer break, as we have fellowship time, as people vacation, stay in touch, stay connected. Lord, don't let us be fools. Matter of fact, I think there's a verse. Is, uh, is Romans 121 going to come up? I, I think it's going to come up. No? no. Okay. All right. Well, let, Hey, somebody turn to Romans 121 with me. Well, how, how about all of you turn there, okay? <laughs> like one person turn there. Here we go. Romans 121. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. I'm confused when I worship little gods. You're confused when you make idols out of other things. It just seems foolish to the Lord. Look at, look at the third one. Idolatry can't give us what we long for. See, we, we long for something. We have a desire. There's a burning within us of something we want, we want so much more of. And God's created it that we would want more of Him. And yet, when I want to crave or try to meet satisfaction in some little false idol, I just leave there wanting more. 
the scriptures from Ezekiel, Isaiah, various passages, they talk about all these little gods they would make and, and how. And we, I read about them, I've read about them for decades, and I go, that is just silly, silly, dumb, ignorant. But I don't want to be so hard because you know what? I produce idols in my little heart, and they're just as dumb. Yours are just as dumb, and, they, and, and they're man-made. You know, our, our idols are man-made, and that's the problem. They're not God. They're not Him. There's nothing magical or permanent about any idol that we have. We can make an idol out of our fortune, out of our real estate, out of our, out of our possessions, out of our, our talents, out of our intelligence, out of our... Just, just put something in there. But it's, it's, it's inferior. That, that, that's the word I'm looking for. God, there's, everything's inferior. But look, look at the next one, fourth one. Idols have the power to do only one thing. One thing. Enslave us. Capture us. Conquer us. Consume us. Take us. Keep us there. Uh, we believe when we worship there, they'll give us security. We believe they'll give us confidence. We believe we'll get significance to only be let down. That's why every time I invite somebody or encourage somebody in their walk with Christ or I'm encouraging my walk with Jesus, there is security. There is strength. There is peace. There is confidence in the taking. Um, I want you to turn to a section rather quickly because we're getting late. I want you to turn to Isaiah 44. I was reading through this section the other day and I just saw all these powerful phrases from ancient text about idols and if you go down to verse 9 how foolish are those who manufacture idols i thought wow this is the word of god the people who worship idols don't know this so they're all put to shame verse 10 who but a fool would make his own god an idol that cannot help him one bit the, the, the old prophet Isaiah is telling us in 2019 as he told them. And then move over to verse 13. And then the woodcarver measures a block of wood and draws a pattern on it. He works with his chisel on a plane. He carves it into a human figure. He gives it human beauty and he puts it in a little shrine. And we look at it and we go, that guy needed a life. That guy needed something to do. He cuts down cedars, he selects the cypress, the oak, he plants the pine, the forest to be nourished by the rain. And then he goes on down and he goes, and he makes himself a god to worship. He makes an idol, he bows down in front of it. He burns part of the tree to roast its meat, he sacrifices to it. Verse 19, the person who made the idol never stops to reflect. Wow. Verse 20, yet he cannot bring himself to ask, is this idol that I'm holding in my hand a lie? It's <laughs> a great question. So that's kind of a question I'd ask us this morning. Is there anything I hold in my hands or that I hold on to that's really, it's deceived me? It's a lie. You, you, I, I, I should have just probably kept that in this passage, but this morning I think you've got some meat. I think you've got some instructions. I think you've got some places to go read, read and study and reflect. And Isaiah 44 would be a great section for you and me. Idolatry, one of the ones that has become... And, and this will be another message I'll do another day. But idolatry is worshiping angels. Now, l listen to me. There is so much false teaching about angels. It's, and, and uh, Don, I'll tell you, it, it gets me. I, 
and, and, and we are not angels. We will not come back as angels. We are humans. We are made in the image of our God. Our God did not die for angels. Our God died for us. And the church said, Angels are sent to minister to us, unto us, salvation. Angels are sent to attend to us, but angels are not to be worshipped. You know who the greatest angel ever was? He was a worship angel, and his name is Lucifer, Satan. So, you know, I hear all this stuff, and, and I tell myself in my next life, I can't figure out in this life, that I, I want to write one more book one day. The first one was Neology on Prayer. My second book, I gave it title 10 years ago. I just haven't put pen and paper to it. It's called Angelology. I want to do a, a study reflection on the angels. But I just put it in here today because I go, don't ever worship the angels. In Revelation, uh, there he is. John tries to worship the angel, and he tells him, get up, cut it out, stop. He goes, I'm only a creature like you. What are you doing down there, John? Worship God. So even in the church, even I hear this in Christians sometimes, people begin to bring honor to angels that is due Jesus. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? I just want you to hear that. I don't want you to go up and say, man, you're a dummy, man. Y'all heard what our pastor taught, man. Like, you got to quit this angel thing. And I think angels have their place. They're great. They give glory to Jesus. Amen. But we're not angels. We're much higher. We worship God. We don't worship angels. How, how do I find idols look 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 there message question what good thing has become a god thing it's just a question reflect on this week solution to idolatry identify your idols pray about it discover your idols ask two questions what are my greatest desires what are my greatest fears and i think that might help us to move in on idols i'm going to invite jeremy to come or the team or whoever's coming this morning as i prepare to land this in the old testament the Israelites, the people there, they built idols. They built little golden calves to worship. The Lord comes down off the mountain and he smashes and he's upset with that. It's nobody's to be worshipped but to him. We don't worship idols. We worship him. And the great cure for idolatry, listen, the great cure for you and me, the antidote to idolatry is a genuine love for God. And that's what I pray this morning as we close. God, help me to love you more than I love the things of this world. Help me to love you more than I do the things that bring pleasure. Help me to love you, Father. Lord, I want to lean into you. In Ezekiel, write this down. Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 7. Listen to this. Defile not yourselves with idols. All through the Old and New Testament, God's trying to go, I am above all. I am to be praised. I am to be worshipped. In 1 John 5, 21, I think it might come up on the screen. It just says this. Keep yourself from idols. God, help me and my friends to keep ourselves from idols in our hearts. Help us to worship you today in spirit and truth. As Michael W. Smith wrote and sang for years this song above all powers kings nations all created things all wisdom ways of man you were here before the world began you are above all kingdoms and all throw all thrones there is no way to measure what you are worth so this morning here's a simple invitation lay down your idol 
and rise up and worship Jesus. I'm going to invite everybody in the room to stand to your feet right now with me, if you will. And we're going to sing a song with Jeremy and the team that's called, I Surrender. I just want you to know this Memorial Day weekend, if you wanted to come, this altar's open. If you wanted to come pray, if you just wanted to sit there in your chair or kneel there, that's fine. If you just want to sing a song, that's fine. But in our hearts, let's surrender afresh this Memorial Day weekend. Bow with a word of prayer and the team will lead us. Lord, we are grateful for today, for your amazing presence, and for your love in Christ Jesus, and that you have called us by name. You've called us to be yours. You have redeemed us by your blood if we will repent of our sin and receive you by faith and walk with you by faith. Lord, help us to cast down idols and to raise up Christ in our hearts today. Give us fresh surrender today of our hearts, our minds, our careers, our possessions, our families, our kids, our likes. We surrender in Jesus' name.